Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougars on the rise. BYU basketball consistently climbing the metrics, top 10 in net. What will they be in the new AP Top 25? Yoli Childs dominated in a BYU win over Pepperdine. Did he just win the West Coast Conference Player of the Year? Plus, BYU spring football begins today. What's the biggest storyline for the Cougars as they begin Gridiron's version of March Madness? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, March 2nd, wherever and however you are connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with a crowd control expert, Jerem Jordan. BYU fans showed up on Saturday. It was in Malibu. Uh, several accounts of BYU fans driving all the way down there to uh, go to the game, pack the field house or uh, Firestone Field House. Uh, one account was ninety percent to ten percent, you know, in favor of BYU fans. Whoa! And then in the Smith Field House. Uh, before the match opens, I, I see they pulled back the curtain and they have the nether regions, re- you know, revealed back there, standing room only. I was like, what's going on? 5,817 in the Smith Fieldhouse, the fifth most ever in that building, most since 05. It was insane. What a great day for BYU Athletics. And then senior day for women's hoops. Nice crowd there as well. So nice job, Cougar fans. Nice job. Yeah, almost 1,300 to watch the women's basketball team play. I like when you use the nether regions. The I think nether there were a few people that the... came from the upside down to actually yes, watch BYU like, men's volleyball. Yes, the whatever. What's the name of the the blob or what? Yeah, what's the smoke monster <laughs> from Lost showed up too. It was crazy. <laughs> from D D and Dungeons and Dragons. What is it, Timmy? BYU no, super season, popular. Season three. What, BYU two, is super it? popular right what's now. What's the name, Brian? What's the name? <laughs> Somebody help, they, help Jared with the Dungeons and Dragons thing. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I have we, the internet. We will not be discussing any more Dungeons and Dragons for the next few minutes. Siri, what's it? Zero Monday blues for BYU fans. High energy for today's show lineup, including a new AP Top 25 poll. Where the mind flare. The mind flare. Mind flare. Where will BYU end up in the latest writers poll? Zach Selius and his Rico Suave swag in Studio B. He's playing really good basketball right now. The latest resume update for BYU hoops. Where are they in the net? Ken Palm ratings, ESPN's basketball power index, and your spring football brain busters. Bring on the Monday BYUSN headlines. Hey, Jerem, BYU basketball by 17 plus. Well, well, well. In fact, 17 exactly. 81-64 at Pepperdine in Malibu. Perfection in February for the Cougars. Eight wins in the month. No losses. The Cougars have won nine straight overall. Yoli Childs goes off for a career-high 38 points. Had 14 rebounds, 44th double-double of his career. Yo, right-wing Barcelo. Barcelo on the pick-and-roll, low to Childs. Spin to the middle, right to the rim! Oh, there it goes! And one again! Yoli Childs taking over! Childs crossed the 2,000 career point mark scoring. At one point in the radio broadcast, Greg Verbell said, 2001, a Childs odyssey. (laughs) Only two players in WCC history have gone 2,000-1,000. Bill Cartwright was the other at San Francisco. Well done, Yoli. The weirdest free throw you'll ever, a form you'll ever see. Long go, go, you, in, go YouTube it. It's weird. Zach Selius, again, will join us later, had 12.6 rebounds and three assists. Jake Toulson, 11.8 rebounds. TJ Haas didn't shoot the ball well. 
Eight points, but he had 13 he assists. He didn't need to. Exactly. Give Yolik Childs the ball. The win locks up the two seed for the West Coast Conference Tournament happening in Las Vegas. We're headed down there on Wednesday. Okay, lots of awesome stuff to discuss loaded on a Monday. After Sunday's game, the Cougars are up to number nine in net. Are you kidding me right now? Is nine. this real? Nine! Nine! You Germans. In Joe Lenardi's bracketology from ESPN, the Cougars up to a sixth seed playing Cincinnati or Stanford. And BYU awaits the new AP poll any moment. I'm guessing BYU could be a... 14, 15, we'll see a lot of teams lost over the weekend. BYU spring football opens today. The mission to improve on a 7-6 and six season begins. The Cougars will practice three to four times a week and hold their annual spring game on March 28th. How about the quarterback depth chart? Always a fun conversation. Zach Wilson is the obvious incumbent, but what about Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney? Everyone's healthy, so what does it mean? And Neil Pau tweeted out last night what appears to be a go for him this season. So uh, redshirting last year, still waiting on formal information there. Second-ranked men's volleyball improves to 16-0 after a sweep of number 13 Stanford in front of the aforementioned 5,817 souls in the Smithfield House. Fifth most ever for a match in that building. The Cougars won on an ace from Brandon Oberender. Your match point going for the sweep. Oh, and he's for the win! <laughs> 58 17. Watch BYU sweep Stanford and improve to 16 and perfect. Oh. Cougs had seven aces in all. Season high 15 and a half blocks. Gabby Garcia Fernandez, 12 kills, three aces. BYU now heads to Hawaii Tuesday. For two matches with the top-ranked Rainbow Warriors. BYU won in the media poll. Hawaii won in the uh, coaches poll. 1v2, no matter how you look at it, Thursday and Friday in Hawaii. Oh, the Mind Flayer will be there. Well, the Smoke Monster. They shot that in Hawaii, so now it's <laughs> his turf, right? Yeah. BYU women's basketball tops LMU on Saturday for a celebratory senior day. 57-42 Paisley Johnson. Back-to-back 20-point game. She had exactly 20 against the Lions, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. The ladies earned the West Coast Conference three seed and play in the quarterfinals on Saturday, March 7th. While we have a moment, let's take a quick look at the brackets going into the West Coast Conference tournament, Jerem. Let's go. We're going to be looking at these a lot. BYU's men's basketball team, they have a triple bye into Monday's semifinal with that two seed where they await, we think... St. Mary's, but who knows? Maybe Pepperdine or Santa Clara go on a run. We'll see who ends up playing BYU Why don't on you Monday Portland night. Portland there? I don't think Portland's going to beat Santa Clara. <laughs> on the other side of the bracket, LMU and San Diego, the 8 and 9, San Francisco, the 5. That's BYU's worst loss in league of the three, but San Francisco, respectable, top 100 in the net. Pacific at the 4, tied with St. Mary's, by the way. Uh, St. Mary's gets the, uh, gets the tiebreaker there, and then Gonzaga won the league by two games. BYU made it closer. Uh, than I think all of us thought. And BYU didn't have a crazy, terrible loss. Survived at San Diego, right? Uh, at Pacific. On the women's side, Gonzaga, really good top 15 team. They are the one seed. BYU, as mentioned, the three seed. The Cougars lost a tie break with San Diego because the Toreros swept Portland. BYU split with the four seed Portland. And now the Cougars, look at that. They might get Pepperdine as well in their quarterfinal on Saturday Unless St. Mary's, who is the only team in conference to beat Gonzaga on the women's side, by the way, can sneak into that quarterfinal. We will do all the women's games 
up to the championship game. ESPN uh, takes over in that. And then on the men's side, we're going to do four games as well. So we'll be live from Vegas with BYU Sports Nation Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, not to mention complete coverage of what ESPN doesn't cover uh, live right here on BYU TV. It's going to be a fun week. And we've got our own BYU TV brackets, right? Let's go. We do. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Holy Yoli, 38 points, 14 rebounds for Yoli Manchilds in a dominant second-half performance and ultimately a 17-point win by BYU basketball over Pepperdine on Saturday, 81-64. With that performance, Jerem, Did Yoli Childs just secure West Coast Conference Player of the Year after his performance at Pepperdine? Yes. What did I say early last week? I I thought that Yoli would win and should win West Coast Conference Player of the Year. After that performance, he's going to win it. I could certainly see if uh, Philip Patrushev won best player on the best team. But the best player in the league is Yoli Childs. I think everyone... Uh, kind of understands that point after Saturday. 38 points and 14 rebounds. At Cougar Stats, put out this information, um, according to Sports Reference, he's the only player in the nation with at least 38 and 14 in a game this year in the NCAA, and it's only happened 20 times in the last 10 years. Soli Yoli. He, he won the scoring championship. Uh, he was one or two in rebounding, I can't remember. He's right there. He's top three in in field goal percentage. He missed four games due to the finger injury, but he played in 12 of the 16. He finally showed up, by the way, after the game in the WCC stats because you have to play three quarters of the games. Mm -hmm. It took until the Pepperdine game for him to get 12 of the 16. I believe that Yoli Childs is the best player in the league, and I think he should win this award. Well, it's quite the statement to beat Gonzaga, be the leading scorer in that game, wait a week, and and go for 38 and 14 in your finale. Thank you, Pepperdine, for that terrible strategy to put Yoli Childs over the top. Because if Pepperdine says. You're not going to beat us with the three. If Pepperdine says, you're going to beat us with the three, I know you guys are the number one three point shooting team in the country. Great. But what Pepperdine did was make sure that Yoli Childs wins WCC Player of the Year because they gave him so many one on ones. This thing was over. The ballots better be in, and Childs should win this. What has Yoli Childs done or not done to convince anybody otherwise that he doesn't deserve it? Because with Yoli Childs in the lineup, BYU is almost perfect. 16-2. and The cramp game against Utah, he stays in that game. BYU wins in Salt Lake City. Yes. There's the setback at San Francisco. A one-point loss to a top 100 team on the road. It happens. Yoli Childs has been almost perfect. He beat Gonzaga. He beat St. Mary's when he played in those games. So what has Yoli Childs done to say otherwise? I think he's the best player in the league. It's just a matter of... Well, he missed four games, so does he? Yes, I think he deserves it regardless. Philip Petrushev is an amazing player, a future NBA player, leading scorer on the number two team in the country, and uh, you could say he's the best player on the best team in the conference. But Yoli Childs, one-on-one, straight up, is the best player in the West Coast Conference. I think he's good five-on-five, too, and that's how they play. Like, any way you slice it, Yoli Childs should be the player of the year. And how awesome is this, the way that BYU has finished? Topic two. BYU climbed up in the metrics over the weekend. Many of the top 25 and ahead of BYU on the seed lines 
uh, losing last week. BYU nine in net, uh, waiting for the updated AP poll. Seventeen to what? Uh, and top twenty-five in Ken Palm, BPI, and Sagarin Spencer. Will BYU be a five seed on Selection Sunday? And- 13 days. BYU deserves a five seed, but I don't know if they're going to get it because as much as we Because talked, they're getting a four. As much as we talked about, <laughs> just avoid the 8-9 scenario. We're past that now. Okay, BYU, depending on where the one seeds line up, then the 4-5 issue can, comes back into relevance because BYU, they couldn't be a four or five in Spokane if Gonzaga got the top seed in Spokane on a Thursday, Saturday site because BYU... Cannot play Gonzaga until the Elite Eight. So that automatically knocks them off with the software that Tom Homo told us about, like the automatic eh, well, comes that, up. I thought it was Sweet 16, he said. If they play a After third the time, round. if they play a third time, oh, then it goes to the Elite Eight. cannot play until the Elite Eight. And the hope is they play a third time. Yes. So that kind of becomes a concern. I think most... So then make BYU a five. The, the consensus is, uh, well... Uh, BYU is probably going to play Gonzaga a third time, which means they can't see the Zags until uh, the Elite Eight. So now they're they're limited. They're limited in where they could play a four or five based on Thursday, Saturday, and who the number one seeds are. So it's all dependent on the number one seeds. BYU is going to deserve a four BYU or five. Needs, yeah, they're, they're going to yeah. deserve a four or five, but out of necessity, will they bump up to a three or slide down to like a six because it's more favorable for the committee to place them where they need to go? Six would stink if BYU deserves a four. Well, that's why you're seeing Andy Katz and Joel Nardi come out with BYU as a six seed today. Yeah. Can we just play on Sunday? No? (laughs) This just in from Salt Lake. We cannot. They deserve it. I don't know if they're going to get it. Well, just climb to a three then. Then Let's go. Beat Gonzaga. Beat Gonzaga, be a three seed. If BYU beats St. Mary's and Gonzaga, I don't know that a 12 would or sorry a three would actually happen to be top 12 and we do have the ap poll uh with some breaking news byu sports nation breaking news tell the people spencer byu currently ranked 15th ha! in all the land yeah according to the latest ap poll byu up two spots from 17 to 15 i think some people thought it might be a little bit higher of a jump because there was so much movement above byu only plus two yeah but still, top 15. BYU is a top 15 team in the How about the that, man? Let's just, let's just take a moment and enjoy this. Because Soak it in, man. Before the season, uh, all, you know, it looked like BYU could have a really good year. Oh, Yoli Child's coming back, Jake Toulson, Gavin Baxter, like TJ Haas Sr. This is awesome. And then, and then things started to pile up, right? Oh, nine-game suspension for Yoli. And I was like, oh, will BYU even make the tourney? And here they sit, number 15 in the country, number nine in the. That's crazy. This is awesome, man. Yes. This, this is this is Blue Goggle Alert time. This is like Blue Goggle BYU, alert. BYU top Blue 15, goggle Gonzaga number two, alert. BYU uh, number nine in the net. You bring up some really valid points about all this. So, d- Sorry, did you finish your thought? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if BYU can't logistically be a four and then get slid down to like a six, that stinks. So uh, does BYU just need to beat Gonzaga to get to a three somehow? The, the momentum is such... That, it, that BYU is climbing in all the metrics, right? People have lost. BYU has not. BYU has one of the best wins in the country right now of anybody beating Gonzaga. Um, BYU is going to get probably two quad ones left on the schedule, right? And, and likely St. Mary's uh, a week from today in Vegas in the semifinals. And then if they win that, that'll be a tough game. But if they win that, Gonzaga again. Does BYU have a shot at a three? I think that I think they have a shot at a three. And they'd be the hottest team in the country. Um, They'd have 11 straight wins. They'd have, among those 11, two over St. Mary's, two over Gonzaga. 
That'd be four top 35 wins among those uh, 11. That, that would be some interesting fodder for a three. But if BYU, the way they're playing right now and the way they look, ends up as a six, that's tough. Who Get, wants BYU as a, like, what three seeds like, oh, I want BYU in the second round. Ah, fill in the blank. Yeah. BYU, ah, yeah. I, I, it's not a huge deal, I think. But it, it'd be a little bit of a bummer if, that if BYU deserved a four, but they couldn't be a four or five because of how things shake out with Sunday play, with the sides. The, the, and as you mentioned it, the one seeds dictate everything in a region. So, okay, Gonzaga, you're going to play in Spokane in the first round. By the way, it's not on Gonzaga's home court. Don't be confused about that. It is another gym in the city. Yeah, neutral uh, site. Yeah, that is that is bigger. Former or current hockey team or something. I don't I don't know what goes on in there, but uh, they would play in a different gym. San Diego State is the one. Can't who's like who are the ones and how does it shake out and Sunday play. I'm hoping BYU can climb as high as a four because a four is an amazing spot. You're playing a, a 13 and then you play the winner of a 512. So you got a legit shot to go to the Sweet 16 at that point. Uh, you do have to win that first game. You gotta, and then you match up, see how the matchup is in the second round. If BYU gets to a Sweet 16 with this group and they're totally capable, Patrick Kinahan in Salt Lake, newspaper writer, radio personality, he said Yoli Childs is the best post player BYU has had in 50 years. And I'm thinking, like, is he wrong? He can shoot threes, and he's really good in the post against guys that are bigger than him. Like, who? there have been some really good post. I'm talking post players. Kenny Young, McKelly Wesley. You go, like, Hoffa Araujo. Greg Kite. Like, you go back in the day, right, all these guys. But how many of them could shoot the three the way Yoli does this year? He said, I, I said, hey, your percentage is way up, like, like a month or two ago. He goes, I just take good shots from three. I don't force them, you know, like last year. The, the season he's having is exactly what he came back to do at his press conference. I want this to be a special year. I want to be. He wanted to be the defensive player of the end of the league. He's not going to be the. And by the player. way, his professional basketball prospects will all be way better now, regardless of where he plays. He's going to yes. get paid. I think he's going to be invited to the combine. He's where, earned it. Where he would not have. He's La- earned it. He wasn't last year, right? He's last, been that good. Last year he was G League or Europe guy, and this year I don't. I don't know if he's drafted. Maybe he is. But he has helped his stock. And he's helped BYU. Like, this has been the best case scenario in every stinking way for BYU. And it's all because of Mark Pope. It's all because of what he's done. And it's just been so fun. And hopefully we have a few more memorable experiences left in the tank. Because BYU's got some huge games coming up. And they all matter. Every single game is huge from now on. All right, if you missed it, BYU in the latest AP Top 25 poll at number 15. They are number nine in the net rankings, which is the primary sorting tool for the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. Number 11 in the Ken Pomeroy ratings. BYU finished number Woo. 12 in Ken Palm, Jimmer Fredette's senior year. They Not are bad. in that category. BYU 11 in Ken Palm. It's though. crazy, yeah. right? Wild. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun is what it is. Our question of the day. What is more likely to happen and why? Yoli as the West Coast Conference Player of the Year or BYU Basketball gets a five seed in the NCAA tournament. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. April Chessman Kerstich on Facebook says, As we stand right now, I'd say Yoli Child's getting the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. BYU's record with him proves that point. Since BYU still has hopefully two games to play in the WCC tournament, their seed position is up in the air. If it was up to me, 
I would be greedy and Yoli would be national player of the year and BYU gets to the final four. Yeah, well, one of those two things could happen. Uh, Yoli Childs is not uh, going to win the national player of the year, but if uh, if BYU gets the right matchups and they play well, they got a shot to do something perhaps that they've never done. This team is capable of doing something really, really special. And I think what they've done has been pretty special. They're in the top 15. They got the solo two seed for the... Was that the first time in WCC? Yes, uh, as play, a solo. As the solo. BYU's tied before. Got the solo. So things are, things are looking good. But uh, a week from today, uh, BYU's got to win that and then kind of keep this roller coaster going. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, Jaron Hall hits a grand slam. Yeah. Plus Zach Selyus. With his mustache mullet swag. In studio B, the dude's balling out. What's the key lately? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow for the season finale of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Yoli Child sit down with Greg Rebell as well as the final deep blue of the season on Connor Harding. Watch it at 8 Eastern on the free BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B on a Monday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Let's go ahead and cue up our first guest of the day, the Zach Attack. Haas, Celius, three. Got it! Why not? Zach Attack here at Pepperdine. Ten on the day. Eight coming after halftime. Zach Selyus, 10 straight points at one point in Malibu. BYU senior forward in Studio B. Zach, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, everything's looking nice. The mustache, the hair. It's, uh, are you pleased with how this has evolved? Yeah, I think so. I don't think this was a plan, but it <laughs> is now, I guess. And I guess you said it looks good, so we'll I, go with that. I think it looks good. You've become a social media phenomenon. Whether you like or not, you've gained a lot of <laughs> oh, national attention. come on. You like it, dude. You're wiping the stash. Yeah. You're playing in the crowd. You love it. For the mullet. Uh, why do you think it is people can't get enough of the mustache and the mullet? I have no idea. I mean, it is, it's gross. It's both the mustache and the mullet <laughs> are both gross. And I think that's why people like it. And so someone has to do it, and I guess I'll be the one that does it. Let's talk strategy as a producer, okay? So in the NCAA tournament, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you could legitimately be in one shining moment, okay? So you hit a three, you, you do this, you know. You, so I think you need to know where the cameras are, okay? Yeah. That's my recommendation is <laughs> where's the handheld or where's the, the main camera where it's going to be seen well, and then – you know, after you win the national championship uh, on April 4th or whatever, you're in one shining moment. Okay, this is my recommendation. How do you feel about it? Um, I feel good. Hopefully my wife feels good with that. Okay. I mean, she might not like that because that might be my brand after that. Oh, it's definitely then, your brand, Zach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little too late for I know. that, right? Yeah, I mean, but there's still a little time that we can you know, just let it be for this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that you need to find the cameras. I'm pretty sure the cameras will find They Zach. will find you. What I mean is angles. Okay. Angles. Blocking. The proper angles. Yes, yes. At this point, Chris Burgess is joking about growing a mustache, too. Is, is this a real thing that he's going to attempt as well? Uh, he probably won't grow it. He, he won't grow it. He'll say he will, mm. and all the coaches will say they will, but only the real ones grow the mustache. Sean Olmstead <laughs> did a few years ago with the women's volleyball team. It was legit. Yeah. It was really good. Okay, let's talk about Pepperdine. What a big win. This was this was a game where you could certainly uh, you know, go to Malibu and think, "Oh, we're ranked 17th. We just beat Gonzaga." But you guys had a tremendous second half. Uh, you had 10 in a row at one point. 
Um, take us through the mindset of, okay, we got to finish this uh, regular season off strong. Yeah, going into that game, we knew it was going to be a big game. We knew that you know, we're going to have to fight every single second you know, because we did come off a really big win. And we are ranked and everything, but we still had you know, we had to finish the season. You know, we weren't done with that Gonzaga game. We had to keep going. And you know, we kind of in that first half were you know, a little slow and stuff. But going into that second half, we're like, all right, this is time. We got to go. We got to get on a run. Like the season's not over. And after that game, we're able to you know celebrate and everything. But now it's back to all right. The season's not over. You know, we still have more games to play, and we just have to keep going and keep fighting. Zach Sellius with us on BYU Sports Nation. You're not sure who you will play. If chalk prevails, it would be St. Mary's in a Monday semifinal. You just went a full week without playing a game. Now it's going to be nine days. How do you manage that? What's the game plan when you have an extended layoff? Um, I think just to make sure that you're prepared mentally and physically. You know, As you go throughout the week, you just have to be able to do the rehab that you need, be able to stay you know, conditioned for a game and then be able to know mentally that you're going to have to go out there and fight again. You know, you have a week off, so, you know, you kind of have to just relax and take it one day at a time still and just know that you got to prepare yourself for that Monday and then be able to fight again. Yoli Childs goes off for 38. Pepperdine decides we're not going to let BYU shoot a ton of threes, right? Um, at what point did you realize, hey, we're just going to throw it in, in, into him and he's going to carry this? Um, I think right from the start. I mean, he kept getting easy buckets, and they're playing him one-on-one, and I would take that any day. Yoli going one-on-one in the post, you know, and so we kept going, and, you know, everyone was like, Coach, we need to go back into Yoli, and we just kept doing it, and, you know, it worked, and he had a great game and helped us a lot. You know, we needed that kind of spark to go throughout, and I think that's the awesome part is we can – Go to him, TJ, Jake, you know, whenever, and it just kind of rotates, and it's that's what makes our team great. You win the post, too. You got some post moves now. You've yeah. been going to that the last two games? Yeah, whenever Yoli needs a little break, I'll just go in there. <laughs> and then you're putting your hand out, like, too small or something, right? That's the signal? Yeah, yeah, they're a little too small. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Zach Selyus on BYU Sports Nation. It's been an interesting story arc for Yoli with the nine-game suspension to begin the season and his finger injury. He is now in the conversation to be West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Did he just solidify that with 38 points and 14 rebounds, in your opinion? Um, I think so. I mean, he's such a great player, and every night he brings it, and he's always doing something even better the next day. And so I think that he deserves it, and that's not being biased of being his teammate. Um, I think he really does deserve it, and I think he has that kind of swagger where he can go – day in and day out and be that kind of guy and to be that conference player and so I mean I think he deserves it but we also have so many great players in the WCC and I think a lot of guys get looked over and I think we have a lot of guys that are really good and uh, I mean Yoli is a fantastic player and he'll have a great career after this as well. Uh, up to nine in net, which is incredible. Top 20 in most of the metrics that matter. Lenardi still has BYU as a six. Do you care what seed you end up with in the NCAA tournament? Um, you, I care to an extent. You, know, you, you kind of care just because you want to know. You want to know where 
like how people see you. But at this point, it's all right, just tell us where we're going, tell us who we're playing, and let's go. You know, and that's kind of how it was this week. You know, we want to know who we're playing, you know, what time, where we're going, and then go to Vegas and let's go. Like, we just want to play Monday, and that's kind of our focus now is whatever's going to happen Monday is, you know, on our mind from here on until that day. And we're just going to prepare for that moment. Are you expecting St. Mary's and then Saturday night? If it's not, you'll prepare then for somebody else? I mean, you have to prepare for everyone. You know, the tournament is crazy and, you know, everyone brings it. You know, you just never know. And so you just have to, you know, focus on you, your team, and to be able to get us right before we start, you know, thinking ahead of ourselves. How would you exp- explain the role of Zach Selyus on this BYU basketball team? And, and say it in third person. In third person? <laughs> um, man, I have no idea. I think Zach is someone who is uh, kind of just does whatever, you know, is kind of that guy that, you know, whatever coach wants, he can go do it. You know, whatever you need, he'll do it. If you want him to celebrate on the bench, he'll do it. And I think that's just kind of uh, the mentality that you have to take. And, you know, when you have such a great team and so many great players, you got to have someone who just is a role guy and is just able to kind of bring everyone together and just do whatever is necessary to win. Well, currently, Zach Look at that is, coachability. I know. He, he read, he, you explained the play once. Impressive. And, yeah. he, and he runs the play. Currently, Zach <laughs> is a guy that's uh, gone double-digit scoring the past two games. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Dalton Nixon goes down um, you know, four, four games ago. You've sort of taken some of the role, especially defensively against Killian Tilly, against Gonzaga, and uh, a few more points. It feels like you've been a little more aggressive on both ends of the floor. Was that a conscious effort without Dalton in there? Um, yeah. I mean, defensively is more uh, got to go in and we got to get stops. Like, that's where it all starts is on defense. And on offense, it was just kind of, you know, it just happened. You know, I mean, I'm not – trying to go out there and find my points and find, you know, ways I can score. Uh, It was just, you know, my guy helped a little too much, and so I had a wide-open layup or something. And, you know, that's just kind of the way it rolls. And that's kind of how you have to go every single day is offense, it'll come. You know, you just have to aggressive defensively and be able to focus on that, and then it'll all come later. This is all clearly very exciting when you talk about increased exposure and national attention. How do you and your team handle it? Because it's only going to ramp up even more. BYU is one of the hottest teams in the country. A lot of people are saying some really, really, comp, uh, I guess, confident and uh, complimentary things about BYU. How do you handle it as a team? Um, I think we're a very veteran team. I think we understand you know, what we can look at and be excited about and what we shouldn't look at. And, you know, we we know what it's like. We know like kind of how it will be. And we knew that from the start. And we knew that if we start winning, then there's going to be, you know, a big uproar on people. And so we just kind of have to stay, you know, guarded a little bit as a team and just kind of focus on ourselves and what we're doing right now and to be able to just you know, keep level head and just keep going every single day and trying to get better every day. Zach, how have you changed the most as a player from freshman year to now as a veteran senior? Well, one, I have a mustache. <laughs> so that changes a lot of things. Yeah. Your hair's a little longer. Yeah, a little longer. Um, 
<laughs> but I think I've just kind of grew every single year on a different you know, different part of the game. You know, one year shooting, one year defense, you know, whatever it is, you know, just kind of brought it all together as a full player. And I think that's kind of where I've changed from being a freshman to a senior now is being able to do almost everything possible and play every position and to be able to do it well. And so I think that's kind of where I've become great. Polished is the word I would use, both the on and off floor. I want you to go back and watch your your first interview that you did on BYU Sports Station compared to the one you just did. uh, We'll send you the YouTube link. The senior leadership is real, man. Yes. Yeah. Well, but yeah, there is mustache polish, like wax, right? Yeah. Have you ever used that, or are you just a raw? Oh, I have it. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. You have a little comb and everything? <laughs> yep. It's oh, all nice. in my locker. Yeah. Yep. It's in yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just a couple of guys <laughs> have grown mustaches here. Zach, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, the approaching week in the West Coast Conference semifinals uh, against whoever. We won't see it for a week. Yeah. But we will see you. See you next- yeah. yeah. <laughs> but trust me, we're going to be there uh, Wednesday night. So uh, if you need anything, let us know. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. Okay, coming up, spring football begins today. How about that? What are the top storylines going into practice? Uh, speaking of spring football, Jaron Hall, dual sport athlete. Oh, baby. Is playing in grand fashion for BYU baseball as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. See what you did there. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back to the show. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It feels good to be one of the top college basketball programs in the country. BYU, number 15 in the AP rankings and climbing most notable metrics. With that said, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Cougars finished the regular season with a convincing 17-point win. Mm. At Pepperdine, 81-64, led by Yoli Child's career-high 38 points and 14 rebounds. We're waiting for the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. I'll just tell you right now, it's going to be Yoli Child. Uh, also the Player of the Year, probably. Securing the two in the West Coast Conference Tournament, playing Monday against an opponent to be determined, perhaps St. Mary's. One week from tonight, the Cougars have won nine in a row and were perfect in February. I love it. Again, as we mentioned, BYU up to number 15 in the AP poll, number nine in the net rankings, 11 in Kempom. The Cougars are a projected sixth seed in ESPN's Bracketology, according to Joe Lenardi, and would face the winner of a play-in game, Cincinnati or Stanford, in St. Louis. Women's basketball. On senior day, the women's basketball team beat LMU 75-42. Domination led by 20 points from Paisley Johnson. The Cougars are the three seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament and play Saturday on BYU TV. Football. BYU spring football begins today. Trying to improve after another 7-6 and six season. BYU will practice three to four times a week and hold the annual spring game on March 28th. What's going to happen at quarterback? One of the head storylines, Zach Wilson is the obvious incumbent, but now Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney are healthy, so how does it shake out? Volleyball. Second-ranked men's volleyball improves to 16-0 after a sweep of number 13 Stanford in front of 5,817 in the Smithfield House, fifth most ever in that building for a match. Cougars had seven aces in all, season high 15 and a half blocks. BYU heads to Hawaii Tuesday. They play Thursday and Friday against number one, Hawaii. Baseball. BYU drops three of four at New Mexico, but dual sports star Jaron Hall making his mark. His first grand slam at BYU, helping the Cougars beat New Mexico 18-9 in game two of a Friday doubleheader. The Lobos won the first game 4-zip and won Thursday night 8-7. 
before closing things out on Saturday with a 12-1 victory over BYU. The Cougars now 6-6 six and six on the season. Five of their losses have come to New Mexico. That's wild. That's pretty and crazy, he right? He starts to get really busy, by the way, Jaron, because he's got spring practice today, probably baseball practice, and then tomorrow is uh, spring practice and a baseball game against Utah Valley. That's right. BYU and UVU tomorrow in the Crosstown Clash game at uh, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain at Miller Park. On the BYU TV Softball. app. It's the season debut, baby, on BYU TV. Uh, the Cougars beat number 25 Texas Tech 7-5 Friday, lost to Boise State 6-1, and then beat California 10-3 at the Judy Garman Classic. Of note, Autumn Moffitt threw a complete game and recorded her 200th strikeout over the weekend. Gymnastics. Up to number 17 in their regional qualifying rankings. They earn a 196.850 in a dual meet over Illinois State to extend their Meet winning streak to six. BYU with their second highest score of the season in that road victory. Football. Colby Pearson had five catches on five targets for 34 yards and a 17-14 New York Guardians win over the L.A. Wildcats in the XFL. Cougars in pro hoops. Brandon Davies with 24 points, five rebounds, and a couple of assists and an 86-74 Barcelona win over Manresa. Tennis. Manresa. The men's team lost 4-3 to number 43 Denver because they're ranked to the top 50. Track and field. <laughs> Brandon Garnica wins the 5,000 meters. Ricky Fantroy Jr. takes the triple jump and Michael Bluth There's wins the money 400 meter. in the banana stand. As they help lead the BYU men's track and field team to an MPSF championship. Very nice, guys. Elise Romney still rocking that BYUSN karma. Plays second in the pole vault as the women finished eighth overall. A note on that real quick. So there's no Pac-12 track. Okay, they're in the MPSF as well, and they have a bunch of ranked teams. For the men to win that is a big deal. Yes. And speaking of BYU Sports Nation karma, um, did we give it to Yoli Child so he could win West Coast Conference Player of the Year? Did we give it? I, he's doing fine by himself. <laughs> I just want to throw that out. <laughs> BYU basketball as a whole doing just fine, and, and it's time. And Yoli Child is a guest tomorrow, by the way. Yes, he on is. On the Pope Show. So if you want to hang out, there's been a lot of seat requests. I don't know when we're closing it. I don't even know if it's been closed yet. Uh, BYUcougars.com slash Pope Show. All right, let's get to today's resume update. As mentioned, like 17 times thus far, BYU up to number how about, nine. How about 15 more, because that's what BYU's ranked. Up to number nine in the net rankings, 11 in Kempom. And they made major moves over the weekend. Look that's at this. Look up, at this. Up five spots in net in Kempom, up four in the ESPN Basketball Power Index to 14. They're up four in the Sagarin ratings. Up one in strength of record. KPI. KPI, you know what? You know Forget what? Get, you. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> BYU is top 25 in all the mel- relevant metrics. This is awesome. 15th in the AP poll as well. Uh, bracket matrix has the uh, yeah 5.9 average seed, high of 3, low of 8. And we were talking during the break, too. There's a chance BYU could be a 4 or 5, just in a different bracket, right? Gonzaga sort of complicates things. And you know what could really complicate things? If BYU beats Gonzaga for the West Coast Conference Championship. I think beating them again would be unbelievable. Even even more unbelievable than what happened here. Yeah, that might bump Gonzaga down to a two seed. It might, right? And that would change the dynamic of where BYU can go potentially. And BYU as a four or five becomes much more of a possibility. Well, uh, just beat Gonzaga then. Again, beat St. Mary's first. It's really simple. Coming coming up, and one picks. (laughs) And we've got our top spring football storylines. What takes the cake as we get into football's version of March Madness at BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. This year, men's hoops took over spring football, second most popular sport. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, 
the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball hosts Utah Valley in the home opener tomorrow night, 7 Eastern. Listen to the game on BYU Radio 107.9 FM or for the first time this season. They're at home, so watch it on the BYU TV app with your boys Spencer Linton and Gary Shire. Let's go, man. BYU Baseball. And and Jason in the dugout, right? Jason. Or is he not in the dugout? Yeah, he should be in the dugout tomorrow night. Uh, Well, listen, it's Jason. Of course he'll be in the dugout. (laughs) Whether he's on the broadcast or not. (laughs) Shep is the baseball guy. He's the baseball guy. We should guy. probably figure out whether he's in the dugout before tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, baseball, basketball, both men's and women's. We've got track and field dominating. Gymnastics is top 17 right now. Things are good. Oh, and now throw in the spring football card for BYU. Oh, yeah, that. It happens today. Practice opens up, and that has us asking ourselves, what are the top storylines as BYU football moves into 2020? Spring football, Jerem, for me, it's hard not to look immediately at the quarterback scenario as but, the number one storyline. When will it not be but that? What, but what about it? What's the question you're asking? Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall. What do you do with those two players because they're healthy? Zach Wilson's healthy. He's the incumbent. But what do you do with two guys that what, started? What do you mean what do you do with And them? won games last year. Who's, who's backup? Who's the second starter? Jaron Hall's clearly the number two to me. I, I don't think this is in question. I, I think it's just how do you use him? I, I think that's the question. We saw what Jaron Hall did against uh, South Florida. Unfortunately, BYU loses that. He gets knocked out. Baylor Romney at least be, gets BYU into the red zone twice. Obviously, Baylor Romney has the best win of the year mm-hmm. um, and, and plays well there against Boise so State. So doesn't that factor into him being the backup potentially? No, because Jaron Hall was clearly the better quarterback in my opinion. I think Baylor Romney is a good player, but – um, he, he's the third string here. They put him on scholarship. Soljay Mayava is on scholarship mm-hmm. as well, so four. To me, it's, it's clear. One, two, three. Can BYU use Jaron Hall in an effective way somehow without lessening what Zach Wilson can do? Because I think sometimes, even on this show, we act like Zach Wilson's not a runner. He is a tremendous runner. Is Jaron Hall a better runner? Yes. But Zach w- Wilson's a better passer. BYU struggled at the end of the year to uh, put up enough points against San Diego State and to uh, finish and win the game against Hawaii. So there is, I can understand some frustration. But to me, it's clearly Zach Wilson as a starter. No question. Clearly, Jaron Hall is the two, mm-hmm. and then Baylor Rams. See, I don't know that it's so clear at number two. And, and maybe I'm What not, has Jaron Hall done to not deserve to be in the number two? It's he not was so tremendous. Much, it's, it's not so much in, what Jaron Hall Florida hasn't done. Did. It's what Baylor Romney did to make this a more difficult decision in my mind. He beat Boise State. So you're saying there's a backup quarterback competition? Yes. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> it's at BYU. It's the quarterback. It's something. Uh, Devontae Henry Cole is going to be the guy at running back along with Lopini Cateau, but he can't play in spring football. Right. He's not at BYU right now. He has to be enrolled. He has to graduate. graduate. To be a graduate transfer, you have to do something called graduate first. So I, I don't know that we'll get a ton from the running back situation. Obviously, it's an opportunity for guys to get better, but who's the running back's coach? Yeah, BYU has uh, yet to fill that. Uh, we've mentioned it uh, feels like Harvey Younger versus the field, so we'll see. BYU's going to start today without a running back's coach. Who's the offensive coordinator is the question. It's Jeff Grimes last year, but uh, obviously Aaron Roderick had a tremendous influence over the offense. Uh, it, there can be a difference between who the OC is and who the play caller is. Often these are the same person, but as you may recall, uh, for a time Bronco Mendenhall was the defense, defensive coordinator and Nick Howe was the play caller or vice versa. I'm trying to remember. Um, that can happen too. I would like BYU to just clear the air on that. Who's the OC? Who's calling the plays? If it's hidden, why is it hidden? Why does it matter? Like just, it's all good. 
the responsibilities laid out so and, there and is no question. And then I want to who's getting paid the most because that's who the real OC is. <laughs> who's getting paid the most? How about the wide receivers? We talked about Neil Pau a little bit earlier yep. today. Um, we know that BYU brings back a solid uh, core in Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne. What will the in, uh, the injection of Neil Pau do for the wide receivers group? And yeah, yeah, that'll help. Keanu Hill coming off a of retro. None of these... None of these guys have made big plays in big games quite yet. Gunner seems like the most Well, Gunner Gunner made some big catches. He made a big play against USC, right? Yeah, Dax had the touchdown. I mean, like, more than, like, a play or two. I'm talking, like, now they're the guys that who's going to have seven for 80 in a game at Minnesota? Like, who's that guy? I would I would pencil Matt Bushman. in. I would put yeah. I mean at receiver, yeah. Matt Bushman certainly at tight end, but I mean like stretching the field vertically, even horizontally. Like, uh, what what kind of impact can these guys have? Does BYU have an alpha on this team at the moment at receiver? No. Can one of these guys develop, develop into, that? into that? Perhaps we'll see. Um, I, I like I like Gunnar Romney. I like the idea of Cody Epps right in the slot. Um, yet he's a freshman right out of high school. Hard to expect a ton. When you're, when you're playing the kind of schedule that BYU plays. So that's a question mark. We just don't know the answer, but I'm excited to see how it plays out. And I think we feel like, uh, for the most part, uh, we understand what BYU is going to bring back defensively. There will be some movement yeah. in terms of positions with Zane Anderson and whatnot, but we feel like we know the personnel. On offense, that, that is not the case outside of running back – or sorry, outside of quarterback and tight end, right? You, you know – well, and, and O-line. We know the, oh, the, we know the personnel. Uh, no. Absolutely, yeah. Fair. And, like, too deep, right? Um, defensively, we talked about last week the report of a four-two-five. Like, is BYU really running that? Is that just spring? You wouldn't run it in spring with zero intention of running it in fall. So if BYU is running that in the spring, and we can ask about that tonight uh, after practice, full coverage tomorrow right here on BYU Sports Nation – yeah, what, what's the situation there? What are they doing? But you're right. With personnel, we feel like we know kind of who's doing what, right? And you lose Diane Gonwolaku and Austin Lee, and you inject Troy Warner uh, and Chris Wilcox, which those are veteran fifth-year seniors coming back. Okay, let's keep things rolling. Still more to do on a busy Monday. Coming up, a rising shout-out to the grandpa of BYU basketball. Plus our regular season finale of And One. We're into tournament mode. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation and subscribe, rate, and review. Hey, we just scored, so let's go and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Going into the weekend, Jerem Jordan with a 43-38 lead. You know how the drill works. We make two picks. Get the first one right. You have a chance at a bonus point or a free throw with the second pick. I'll go first. I said BYU would produce the game's leading scorer. Swish! Barely got that one. Yoli Childs with a career high 38 points. Why would they not double team him at some point? Two is less than three again. <laughs> Renzo Romar. And one. BYU will win by nine points or fewer. Swish! No, I got that wrong. But thanks for the switch. They, did, they anyway. did switch a lot. <laughs> and that was the issue. I was feeling like I was in good position to get both at halftime. BYU down yeah. three, but I thought, oh, they're gonna win. Halftime, be careful. And the Cougars run away with it in the second half. How plus many? Plus twenty. They went plus twenty in the second half. They win by seventeen, Jerem. Oh, 17. Mm-hmm. <sighs> My two-pointer. I got scared and didn't do the aggressive one first. My two-pointer. Colby Ross will score 21 plus. Mm. Held the eight. Colby Ross's usage is so high. I play pickup like Colby Ross plays in the game. And my and one pick. And one. 17 plus. BYU will be ranked 17 or better come Monday. 
They're up to 15. I thought BYU would win, and I thought the teams in front of BYU would lose, and that happened, uh, but that was the one point that doesn't count. So you get two, and I have zero. Jerem still maintains the overall lead. You're the regular season champion. This is what it's like to be Gonzaga. 43-40. Feels great. One by two. Two games. They win by two games. How about that? I'm the Gonzaga of this program. We need to revisit our uh, regular season projections at some point for BYU basketball Well, we have a full week of no BYU men's basketball Mm -hmm. games. So, yeah. We'll get on that. We we have time. Our question of the day. Which is more likely to happen and why? Yoli Childs, the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, or BYU basketball gets a five seed or better in the NCAA tournament. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Craig Jeffcoat. Yoli has the stats to prove he is the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, but more importantly, there is no player more valuable to their team than Yoli is to BYU. The stats are there to prove that as well. Thank you, BYU Basketball, for a great season. We are looking forward with anticipation and excitement to the league tournament and to the NCAA tournament. Go Cougars! Today's rise and shout-out, a sad one. Uh, The grandfather of uh, Tyler and TJ Haas, the father of Marty Haas, Ralph uh, Haas, passed away last night. Uh, He was the, I called him going into the last break, the the grandpa of BYU basketball. Obviously, he's produced two of the, three of the greatest players in BYU history with his son and his two grandsons. He was a huge BYU basketball fan. He went to like every practice. Uh, we knew that his health deteriorated recently, and we we're sad to hear that Ralph Haas has passed away last night. Everyone knows a person that emanates light and kindness and virtue. Ralph was that. He was just so full of love and life, and man, he was so proud of his uh, grandkids and his son Marty, for that matter, and all of his sons uh, and his children. Um, we, we're going to miss Ralph. Uh, we love you to the Haas family, and I uh, know this is a very difficult time, but uh, the grandfather of BYU basketball, I'm glad you termed it that. Yeah, and uh, TJ Haas, by the way, uh, scheduled for the film room tomorrow on the Pope Show. Uh, I said, hey, he doesn't have to do it if he doesn't want to. He's still going to do it, which he wants to talk about Ralph as well. So sure. that'll be good. Yeah. All right, our thanks to today's guest, Zach Selyus. Ran out of time for dinner. <laughs> for Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to the Haas family. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Cougs.